Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to NHP. John Zella, James Nichols here with you. We kind of had a little bit of a preview to the podcast this week. For those of you who joined us with Hockey DB and Lip Sweater mm-hmm. IO, if I'm not mistaken, um, invited us and, and a really good cross section of Islanders podcasters and writers um, from kind of over the years and currently right now, which it was it was really cool to be a part of that to kind of talk Kadri uh, Romanov the the upcoming season and things like that so uh, it might be a little repetitive if you were there for that thank you if you're if you're kind of going into both when we'll have a little more opportunity the two of us to kind of speak about things so yeah anything we weren't able to say while we were waiting for all of our colleagues and different things to kind of uh to talk about it um we'll be able to get a little more room and latitude here what did you think of last night that was that was pretty cool yeah, it was cool. Like the whole gang was there. Like everyone from you know all over the the community was talking about the um the the smoke that is leading to this possible fire with you know Nazim Kadri and um uh it it was cool. You know that I saw that you know Hockey DB uh, messaged me. Actually, you were telling me they messaged you, and like I was like, oh, speak of the devil. I got the same message. And um yeah, no, it's fun. I was I always enjoy getting invited to um, other shows or or Twitter Spaces and. Um, when I don't have any of the responsibility that I just have to show up and talk, it's, it's, it feels a lot um, more lighter on, on my shoulders. Right. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I think um, it's, it's nice to be recognized like that. I was really surprised because I, I, again, I was figuring you would, you would have texted me first about it. Um, oh, yeah. So I was like, Oh, they followed me. I was like, that's super weird. They follow like a thousand people. Like, why are they doing that? <laughs> um so and then it kind of got put together and then i started seeing a whole bunch of obviously like all of our friends um and colleagues like right that do have similar tweets like oh we're doing yeah. this so it was cool i never met dan from lighthouse so it was cool not that i think we met like we had like a little interaction there right. dan from the lighthouse um sean from uh Coffee hockey night. night i never like i just not kind of uh, interacted with them for um i think that was really it i don't th- maybe dan friedman i don't know mm. that i ever really like maybe a million years ago like 10 years ago um but prop and it might have just been like twitter comments back and forth everybody else though we, we've had some kind of like relationship with one way or another sure and just on twitter rosner to graziano to kind of everybody else there yeah, um, but it was cool to be included. The the fans had some good points. A little, <laughs> some uh, some funny things where people just get their moment, and um, you know, it's like, what if Twitter was live? Which is like essentially the point. And so it was kind of funny for people. And I, you know, it's cool to just feel like you have a platform. So I totally do not. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Like I see what they were doing. 
they had an yeah. opportunity to kind of like put their thoughts out there and it's cool. You know, you know, if you're not a yeah. writer and you don't want to start a podcast and go through this whole thing, it's, it's kind of cool to do that. So um, good for the people that kind of had the, the stomach to get in front of people and say, and, and say your thoughts. It's not always easy. You can get uh, as we, as we found when you're wrong or you say the wrong thing or you write the wrong thing. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was cool that like so many people in the know, um or at least had knowledge of like you know the game or or knowledge of the the possible pending situation um everyone had you know really gotten together and um there were plenty of different views on the positives and negatives of of what might become um all very good points all valid reasons to be a good or a bad thing if this were to go down so um you know typically i'm i'm more of an optimistic outlook on on things um, I don't, you know, my, my first reaction isn't to just go to the, okay, what could go wrong with this? Um, so to see those, some of those perspectives and not, not to say that that's those people's first reflex, you know, that's maybe something that, um, you know, the takes they had in, in that space were probably something that they've been contemplating and have had thought about. Um, that's not my first reflex. And, um, I, those are, there were some really valid points that I, I didn't think of, um, on the negative end of, of, you know what could possibly go down with a a cadre uh, yeah signing. i was gonna so, say let's let's kind of dive in here because i think you know that maybe the title of the episode may have led on to that but there's a little bit of smoke um and as you've said where there's smoke there's fire um the fourth period david pagnota was on nhl network he had tweeted it and he was on nhl network and kind of elaborated on a little bit more yeah. um our friend and colleague just tweeted a few moments ago, Joe Pantorno. Yes, he um, did. That he, at the very least, confirmed um, Dave Pagnota and, and maybe a, one or two other people that said that the likelihood is high. He was very careful to mention that no one knows if anything is complete. It's just that the likelihood. Um, Mike Rupp was also on NHL Network, and and he had made mention to it as well. Um, I don't think he's an insider, but I'm sure just EE knows enough people or can understand how this process works. It's from the player side of right. things to know like, all right, here's kind of what's happening. And um, the more time that goes on, the more likely that it is if you're not hearing anything. And if you remember um, someone had tweeted and they'd, they'd shared the announcement from last September 1st. Yeah, I saw that. And I, and they they said like happy one month until we know all the Islander <laughs> signings. And I, I thought it was really funny. And I was like, all right, I guess, you know, we, more and more weeks of winter or whatever you want to say, like Islanders off season winter. Um, <laughs> but let, let's dive into that a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. Kadri to the Islanders. Yeah. There's, there's some implications. So what I, I think you, you had kind of touched on something. So I want to start with um, maybe we should just break down what, what's, what are we hearing? Maybe I already said it and you can just reiterate what yeah. are we hearing? Who's saying it? and and to kind of what extent can we report on and then i definitely want to hear what what parts of the possibility of this surprised you as we kind of process last night's conversation yeah so you know this started with um there's a scout in the nhl who you know for you know his own safety i guess and in tweeting it he had said like listen i'm no insider however i just got off the phone with somebody who is in the know um and for all intents and purposes, Nazim Kadri is a New York Islander. He um, will be joining them on Long Island this season. He will wear their sweater. He will play for them. Um, 
And that report gained some traction. You know, the, the, this, this particular scout, I, I believe his name was Mark Seidel uh, or at Mark Seidel on, uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, he has a, he has a large following in the hockey community. So it gained some traction and um, others, you know, kind of chimed in and, and looked into this. And uh, I got up to my boss at the fourth period, Dave Pagnota, who checked in on it himself. And, you know, he had even said to me at one point, like, yeah, you know, that there's some, uh, some smoke to this fire here, you know, that there's a, it's looking like this is uh, the reality. So, um, and then of course he hopped on NHL network and and said the same thing. Um, And, you know, it, it, it just brings up a ton of questions as to if this is happening, what does that mean for the current roster? Right. 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 And I think that's where I, that's the question I want to ask is because I think I want us to get into our, to our thoughts on that in a second. I want to know what surprised you from that conversation last night in that, in that regard, or even just in bringing him in at all. Like, is it, okay, a, good, yeah. is it a good move? I, I, I want to like, and then this isn't, and this isn't meant to drag anybody. I just was surprised no, you from all. that conversation. Cause again, this is, these are all our friends and, and we, and we like all these folks and I, it definitely hurt some, some things as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious what you, what, what you thought was a little bit of a surprise and, you know, in a good or a bad way in, in some thoughts or things that gave you pause. Um, and then we'll get, I want to get, then I want to get into our thoughts. So if you can yeah, separate so, those two things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the first thing that surprised me was how many people, um, and, and again, nothing against their thoughts. They, they had valid reasons for why they, they didn't think this was a good idea. Um, but when you looked at the free agent pool this summer, right? Who was the number one free agent? It was Johnny Gaudreau. After that, who was it? It's still N- Nazim Kadri, or it largely has been Nazim Kadri. And, and maybe you can interchange uh, one or two guys. Maybe you can say it was John Klingberg, but I, I don't think it was. I think Kadri was the next best guy. Yeah, I agree. The, the narrative around the Islanders is that they can't attract big name free agents. Well, guess what? If the Islanders end up signing for sure Nazim Kadri, there's your big name free agent that they are bringing in to uh, play play for the Islanders. And, and suddenly that narrative that they can't, you know, lure in these big names is, is no longer true. Um, similarly, how to it was for Columbus with Johnny Gaudreau. Of course, it's a, a different stratosphere with a guy like Gaudreau versus a guy like uh, Kadri. But, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past free agents in the future to say, well, Kadri decided he wanted to play there. Maybe I want to go play there, too. So. Um, I, I think that if and when that does happen, it does put that narrative to rest. Now, the other thing I was thinking too was um, you, you look at look at Nazim Kadri's year last year. Sure, he he played on the Colorado Avalanche. He got the the uh, the McKinnon boost, the McCarr boost, you know, whatever you will. He still had eighty five points, which would have been about 25, 26 more points than the next best player on the Islanders. Zoom the lens out even further. Even if it wasn't with the Colorado Avalanche, Nazim Kadri is a multi 30 goal scorer. If you put that on the Island, on the Islanders, cause he has proven he can do that. He scored 28 last year. So he was two away. You're going to tell me that he can't do it again. Um, you put that on the Islanders. He's the second leading scorer on the team. Only to only second to, uh, uh, Brock Nelson. So, you know, my, my, my thoughts here were a lot of people are, are saying that they don't think it's a good idea to have this guy. Um, 
However, he's he's showing that he's aging gracefully. Um, I don't want to say just yet that he's aging like Joe Pavelski because he's o- he's only going to be 32. Joe Pavelski's you know in his mid to late 30s now. He's um, 30 and, and, at 38 or something. Yeah, like and he had like he had something like 85 points last season, which is incredible. But I think I think you know when when it comes down to it, even if this is like a six year deal for Kadri, um, you know for you might not like it in the later years, right? Years four, five, and six if it's if it's a six year deal. But for the first three years when the Islanders are really in their win now window, you're gonna like it because he's going to be an impact player. He's gonna be a guy who you want on your team. Again, even if he only scores 60 points with the Islanders and doesn't replicate that 85, he still would have been the leading scorer on the Islanders this season. Yeah, I think it there there's uh, like you said there it definitely are more questions with him in the lineup. I think you then needing and I mentioned this in last night as well or on the Twitter space on um on Monday night as well. It kind of you, you kind of have to zoom out about inserting Kadri into the current lineup doesn't make sense. Right. There's going to be if you want major change to happen, you you have to be willing. And I think I said this kind of like much later on. You kind of have to be willing to make those changes and and see some things change, uh, in a, in a big way. Like you have to. There's going to be someone that you're not thinking just as much as it's somebody that you don't think the honors can get. You also have to remember that there there might be a player that's going to move that you don't think is going to move. Bailey is often that first player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him off the roster and you know whatever. Right. Um. And, and he does, you know, apparently, I don't really know what the value is. Because you wonder, like, if there was value, would a trade have already happened? It could just be not the right move. Lamorello could say, that's not enough. There is value in the league. There could be opportunities. He just hasn't done it yet. Or hasn't liked what he's seen and is, is kind of biding his time, which, you know, TikTok. But I think there's what kind of got brought up, and you and I were talking about this earlier on Monday. So it's weird that you know we kind of had a little bit of a preview to, to discuss this a couple times. Yeah. Um, on on Monday, uh, twice, uh, and then and then again now is what if they're going to move a center? Who who is that? Because I think right. we were trying to shoehorn. We were just looking at the perspective of adding Kadri to the lineup. Was that you're shoehorning him somewhere in the top six? Does he play with Barzell? Does he do you move Nelson? You even you wrote about it too. And not to say that that's wrong and that won't happen or it's it's an incorrect take or anything like that, but we just were not considering at all. And rather, I hate to tap myself on the back. I didn't hear anyone else say that on the call or in writing that maybe maybe there's something else cooking. You had you had mentioned it was a possibility that maybe someone gets traded, and that kind of got me thinking about it. Yep. But so maybe you you probably spurred that that idea for me a little bit. <laughs> but but it made me it made me think about your they're already strong up the middle. It doesn't mean that that can't happen. But sure. then all of a sudden you have an asset. You have a second asset. It's not yes. all just to, it's it's not just about getting Bavillier or Bailey off the roster and their five million dollars, right? Yes, that's one part, right? You're not going to move Arlamov. That's that's been clear. It's pretty much dead in the water at this point. So his five million dollars is staying for the season. Um, I actually think it's likely he resigns at at a lower rate next season. But we'll get there. Different conversation. <laughs> um, just as if Sorokin can keep playing more and more, and he doesn't need to play as much, he's a he's a reliable backup at that point. You give him a backup salary, and you're, you're, all of a sudden he's an asset on your team. Yeah, two and a half million dollars. I I take that all day. Yeah, 
who who are you going to get better? Who are you going to get that's better than that? If he can bounce back this year, I think it's good for the Islanders and good for Varlamov, and it's good yeah. for the future for both of them. But thinking about that that lineup a little bit, that's where some debate can happen, right? That's it's not about is Nazim Kadri good and where does he fit, right? They'll figure that out. But what else might need to happen? Is there a possibility that somebody you're not going to move Barzell? They like Sezikis. Nelson's coming off a career year. So the idea of kind of moving him to the wing doesn't make a whole lot of sense, too, right? He did a good job playing at center. He's comfortable in that role. Well, Do not mess with success there. I know that there are options, and you can... Well, go ahead. I'll give you that. I'll give you the form. My, my, thing, here, my thing here is, you know, I, I don't know... Again, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what avenues that Lamarlo is going to take. But but my my inclination is that because it's taking this long, there are m- multiple paths that he could take, multiple different ways he can do this. Right? One of those um, um, ways could just be probably you know possibly just offloading Bailey's five million dollars, replacing that with Kadri, and then um, you know signing Romanov and Dobson to bridge deals and fitting everything under that $11 million. The other idea here is, and you kind of alluded to it, was, you know, is there, and and that this is something I wrote about a little under a month ago, is there another move happening here, right? If Kadri comes in, obviously he's going to play center. He's not signing up to play out of position. So if they bring him in as a center, what, what, there's already four, right? You have Barzell, Nelson, um, Pajot and, and, and Sezikis. Now, the Islanders are not interested at all in getting rid of their franchise center in Barzell. So you know he's staying. Like you said, career year for Brock Nelson. Are they going to sell high on him? Probably not. Are they going to want to keep him for, as part of the core of this team that they believe can get back to the playoffs and, and get to the Stanley Cup? Probably, yeah. So they're not going to move him. They just signed Sezikis for six years. He's got five years left. It works for the Islanders. Kind of, you can argue that, but it, it it works for them. And the fact that we can sit here and say it kind of works, and and um, you can argue that is it going to work for another team? Is somebody else going to want to take him for five years of two and a half million dollars? Maybe not. So the outlier here kind of looks like is it going to be JG Pacho who's on the move? And you ask that question because I think the Islanders got lucky with uh, with him in the sense that he's your not your quintessential third liner right he's a very good third liner he might be one of the best in the league but he can he can play second line center on another team oh absolutely yeah. he's, he's got wheels and he can turn on the offense i think it's and disappointing he, right. to think about now because he and palmieri really turned it on late in the season and like i said last night it's it's hard to think about you know parise palmieri pajot that's a good third line i was excited about that prospect but I think moving Nelson to the wing to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense only because he, I was he and Lee finally kind of got it going. I um, agree with you there. Let me, and, let me just say I, this. Go ahead. Let me, let me, let me, let me just say this. I agree with you there that it, it might seem odd after his best season. However, I don't know if you saw the stat the other day and then I put it in my article that Brock Nelson among all 30 goal scorers last season was the most efficient goal scorer um, of the bunch that included Austin Matthew Matthews that included Leon Dreisaitl, Chris Kreider, all those guys who scored, um, you know, 52 goals or above. He was more efficient at scoring 
than those players, which that means isn't... that his shooting percentage was at the top. What I think is, and, and maybe it's a quality versus quantity thing. That's probably true. However, and if it comes down to it, I'm not saying that this has to happen. It's the best idea, but if it comes down to it and for some reason they can't get rid of one of their centers and they wind up having Kadri also join the team, is it the worst idea to put your best shooter with your best distributor on a line where you can also just throw Anders Lee on the other side and have a, a, a pretty established first line for the first time in a while? I don't I don't I, I think I understand the foundation of it. I I just wonder it's the same argument about moving Kadri to the wing as it is moving Nelson to the wing. They had success in that. My the way that I'm looking at it is they had success in their role in what they were doing. Don't mess with that. If you you're might be stuck, right. if you're stuck with that then do it. I want to see it. I want to see it work. This is what I mean to say. Right. Right. But I think if you're if you're going to make a difficult decision and a hard move and kind of upset the chemistry and in many ways rebalance the lineup a little bit to be a little bit more because Nelson's very um defensively savvy and responsible. Right. Yes, so yes, he's good in all three zones. Moving Pajot hurts because it 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 removes a very good third line center. And you're not to say that Kadri is the new third line center. I don't, doesn't, you know, the Islanders centers are, you know, more or less interchangeable at that point. They're all going to be really, really good. Yeah. Barzell, you know, you know, inching ahead of the, both of them, although Nelson is the, the better pure goal scorer at this point or the more consistent goal scorer. But you're swapping out a little more offense instead of a little more defense. You're losing a little bit of a penalty killer. Um, Sezikis and Clutterbuck are a little older. You do have a Parise, so it's good that he's around. Um, Nelson is also a penalty killer. Uh, Bavillier's also done a little bit of it. So, like, you have some guys, but you're losing a tough one. You kind of relied on a Filpula or a, Nels- a Nielsen, then a Pajot for a really long time in that center role um, to be good on the PK. Um, and at times on on the, on the PP2. You're, you're gonna lose you're gonna lose that player to throw in all situations you're gonna add a lot of edge with Kadri in us you know in a role maybe him and Palmieri are line mates or I don't I don't even know I haven't really kind of dug into what that looks like and and messed around with with the lineup but I think leaving Nelson where he is next to Lee you at least know okay it's Barzell and uh, let's call it Bavillier and Barzell and X, Lee, Nelson, and Wallstrom, Palmieri, uh, Kadri, Parise, or X, or whatever, right? I think the issue then is, and, and not the issue, rather, the the exciting part is, and a, a different perspective here, Peugeot's an asset. I Peugeot's think you're a, right. I agree Peugeot's an asset here. That's... So yes, you're going to lose a little bit of that defensive part. You're going to gain some offense in Kadri, right? If you're thinking about that being the main swap. But then you Bailey is going to be something that you need to give up a fourth round pick with Bailey um for a third. And that's return. Well, I'm making up a, a trade scenario, but like yeah. that's the idea, right? You you're not getting anything back or future considerations or whatever the case is. Pajola can give you an asset if packaged with the right thing, William Dufour, 
whatever. I, again, I'm making things up, but Peugeot plus something or two somethings, depending on what, what it is, could get you that top line winger that you're looking for. You know where my right? mind goes back to? I want to say, because we discussed that, that Tarasenko is unlikely to get moved. Maybe that was off, off the air. So that's, that's, that, that doesn't seem like it's going to be a possibility. Not that a trade request has been rescinded. It's just not in the best interest of the Blues to do that after losing Perron. Correct, yeah. I want to say JT Miller. I want to say but, you're right. But I don't know enough about the Canucks to, to be able to confidently say, um, not that they need a center, do they need Pajot? Well, here's the thing. The, the positioning thing is what it is, right? The Islanders don't need Kadri in the, in the middle. They need Kadri because of the type of player he is. Could they upgrade at center and move their own, do their own little bit of maneuvering in their lineup and their rosters to bring in somebody like J.G. Pajot, who's got term. He has a 16-team no trade, so it makes it a little bit difficult for the Islanders. But he's under control. He... For all intents and purposes, a second line center. For all intents and purposes, he was a second line center on the Islanders. They had three second lines during his time there. There was no clear cut first line, uh, maybe outside of the first year, when you know uh, Everly, Barzell, and Lee were really kind of tearing it up. But I think after that, Pajot's a second line center. To have him at whatever that is, five million dollars. Am I making that up? Five and between five and six. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a deal for a second line center with his capabilities. Who? Paired with the right forwards can can really bring some offense. Is really good in the faceoff circle. Easily the best Islander in, in the faceoff circle. I think Nelson was also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was. But, but you know, arguably the top two faceoff uh, players for the Islanders. Good on the PK. Like he's an asset. Yeah. You can turn him around for something, right? To get so it, it's not just necessarily about what does Kadri bring, but that could be what's holding things up. Is it's not just about moving money off the books. It's there's other things that also kind of need to happen. I don't know if they all happen at once. Right. I don't know if it's going to be like last year where those are all internal signings. I don't know that you can line up all these trades and all this stuff where you, as soon as Bailey is moved, if he's the player indeed going to be moved, if he if the second he's moved, you know things are happening. Oh yeah. It's just a matter of what what else is it the two right. trades? Is it Peugeot? Bailey moved, and all of a sudden, then we know what the return was for Pajot, and all of a sudden, Kadri signed. So he, here's why I think you're on to something with Vancouver and 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 JT Miller. Like obviously, the the first connection there is what went down at the draft. The, the trade that didn't happen fell fell apart at the table, and it was just it was a shock to everybody, you know, because there, there was so much heat to it. Friedman was talking about it, um, or uh, Gaffar was talking about it with um, uh, the, the fourth period, and um, there were some Vancouver reporters who were talking about it and then, and then they're asked about it after it falls apart. And, and Lamarillo says when he's asked about, you know, what happened with Vancouver, he says, well, talk to Vancouver, ask, ask them that question. Um, and, and of course Vancouver denied, oh, there was never a trade, blah, 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 which is bullshit. We know that there was, um, but the thing here is to, I, you know, I, I had been, I, I do know that, that. Vancouver wants to get better on the penalty kill. Um, and not to say that that's like a, a huge factor that they go out and they trade a, a guy like JT Miller for, but um, if they're not going to be able to resign Miller. Then you go get something, somebody that's right. under control. Right. And that right. makes Peugeot 
even more of an asset. Right. That he's, so la- that he's locked up at $5 million now that I'm looking at it for a few more years. Yeah, I think he's got like four years left at $5 million, maybe five years left at $5 million. And, and you know, they were third worst on the penalty kill last season. Well, who's the Islanders' best penalty killer? It's J.G. Paggio. Um, He's a center, which I think Bo Horvat's coming off of a deal soon. They're not sure if they can keep him. They can keep uh, uh, Paggio at a decent number under uh, the next four years that they like. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that Pajot fits the bill for them very well. Now, are they going to give up Pajot straight up for JT Miller? Probably not. It's probably going to take a little bit more. And like you said, is it a DeFore? Is it a, you know, a, like a Simone Holmstrom? Or is it even a roster player? Is it Kiefer Bellows? Is it, you know, an Anthony Bouvillier? Maybe. So that, I mean, that opens, that makes things a little bit easier, right? If you're, if, and that's a lot of money off the books. And that's, I, that's, I have to say, that's a lot I, of money to bring the Vancouver camp take on Pajot and, and Bavillier. So yeah, you're, you're, looking you're, at some, you're looking at somebody like a, 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 a Bellows is, is maybe too expensive, but somebody in the, in the AHL or a prospect in a, in a pick. Yeah. You're, you're probably right. Like, in saying and that. that kind of thing. I do. I do think that Bavillier winds up staying with the Islanders and playing out his contract and probably remaining a little bit longer as well. Um, I mean, he could, I mean, they, that might be a player because he do, is under contract. Um, it could be Bavillier and it could be and change for JT Miller. Then you're left with, um, and I just, I just saw um, somebody post and I, I lost it already, but it, it, it had um, JT Miller, Cadre, uh, and Barzell as the first line. Lee Nelson, Palmieri, Parise, Peugeot, Wallstrom, fourth line. I mean, do you, at that point you're going back to the original premise, which was that okay, Kadri's coming in, he's a center. Move Barzell to the wing, or move you know either Nelson or Barzell to the wing. Um, again, he's found success there. Barzell just this the same as Nelson, maybe not even I mean not to the same degree, other than the his first season with 82 points and and winning the Calder, which is significant. Um, I don't know that you you mess with that so much. I think you kind of, I think you got to kind of keep some of these players where they're where they're meant to be. Um, I think it's okay to experiment, but you're locking yourself into putting somebody in a different role by keeping Pedro. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with the same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And I yeah. just don't know. If you want to do that and load it up sometimes, I think that's fine. You look at teams like Toronto, they've definitely done that. They definitely threw yeah. players, uh, Tavares, Matthews, Marner. Like that's definitely been a thing. Other teams have, have done that. Um, I think is dry is Dreisaitl a center as well? 
Our title is a center. There has been uh, occasions where he's been stuck on a line with Connor McDavid to make things happen, you know, yeah. late late in games and stuff. But his natural but it's not position a, is center. Yeah, and it's so it's not always a regular thing, right? They they have split that up. They spend a lot of time together, but it's not all the time. I think locking yourself into that is is tough. So I I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the move. The money works. You got to move a Bailey and a Bavillier or a Pajot. Two of those players need to go. Two of those forwards. And that's simply to just kind of like make everything jive. Yeah. And then you got to get a return, right? You're, you're worried. Then you're thinking about Pajot's on a dump, right? At that point, you, you're, you need a forward. You're not going to trust Ratu. Bellows, really sorry. He, he's kind of waiting for Parise at, at that point to kind of retire. Um, did he did, Parise didn't just sign for two years, right? Just one year? No, just a year. Um, like I worried myself there for a second. So like there, he's he could be a future kind of like older Parise with like a ton of energy and kind of doing that third line winger. I think Bells can get into that role on, sure. on this team. I think that's perfectly reasonable ceiling for, for somebody like that. I think at this point, that's not what his original ceiling was um, out of you know the high draft pick that he was. But the honors have kind of struck out half the time with with those kind of picks as we yeah, discussed 100%. a few weeks ago with their uh, the lack of success from 2009 to 2014 so yeah i think it's interesting well and, I, I, and I, I i wonder who else is out there too where we were trying to think outside the box like san jose need centers timo meyer, timo meyer kind of brought, right. now he's there's a difference between oh wouldn't this be this guy be good and Oh, this would work for all these reasons, and yes. also like he's really good, and that makes me think about what that would look like, and then being honest and somewhat objective and be like, "Oh, that's not gonna work," right? And that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking about with keeping the, the players where they are. If you wouldn't move Barzell, don't move Nelson. Arguably, yeah, yeah, yeah. the last few seasons, Nelson's been better than than uh, points wise, been better than Barzell. And listen, that's or goal, you have a, goals wise anyway, not maybe not points, but you have a valid point there in saying all that. That all makes perfect sense to me. What it sounds to me like what you're you're saying is that if the Islanders are bringing on Kadri, there's no way that one of the centers isn't traded. It sounds like, and there's, or let me let me retract it. There's no way one of the centers aren't traded, and and here's why it's JG Pajot. Um, Yes, essentially, yeah. It, um, a center needs to be traded. Right. We know now, who's not going to be traded. It's pretty clear. Right. So it's a matter of what's left. So you're essentially looking at offloading Bailey for his $5 million. You're looking at trading in a quote-unquote hockey trade. There's that term. There's your hockey trade. There's, yeah. there's your hockey trade um, to, to Vancouver, for instance. For instance, um, for you know, plus uh, a, a DeFore, a, a, a Simone Holmstrom, whatever for a JT Miller. Now, here's your lineup. You have Bavillier, Barzell, JT Miller. You have Lee, Nelson, and Wallstrom. You have Parise, uh, Kadri, and um, Paul Mary, fourth line. Now you're looking at a team who, listen, that's Islander a deep from, top nine. That's, that's a, a deep top nine. That's, that's arguably a top six, um, you know, plus or minus Parise. He can turn it on. He like he, he had a really good dude. He almost scored twenty season. goals on a seven hundred and fifty k contract. 
Yeah, that was one one of the best value for the time he was scoring goals anyway. Um that was a, that was a pretty good value. And he's only he's 2 years removed from 25 goals and 3 years removed from 28. Now, I understand it's a long time ago. I understand things can change. But he showed that, that he pretty, still has that motor. He showed he, it. He really does and I'm I'm so happy. Like a third line role for him is is so good next to somebody like Kadri. I don't know if that's the right move. I, it sounds silly to kind of book Kadri next to Parise, but kind of remembering how good Palmieri could be, and maybe he just needs that. He was good next to Pajot when Pajot was on. Kadri's coming off of a full year of that. He's always really had that spark, a little bit of an edge. Palmieri has a little bit of an, a snarl, too. That could be an interesting veteran line for the Islanders. And frankly, if they have the room at the deadline, a Parise position is where they can upgrade. That could be where Lamorello looks to upgrade that middle six if they do get a top-line winger. Yeah. And depending on what the needs are, kind of like um, instead of bringing in somebody like Travis Zajac, they already have that in Zach Parise. Who can they bring in that's a oh. different a different factor so depending on blue liner you know that they it could be a blue liner it could be depending on how romanov shakes out depending on how salo shakes out right um think that's indeed ld3 and and ld2 uh romanov two and Salo three and again that's uh other outside of dobson that's essentially two second pairs or you know two two and a half pairs uh whatever you want to whatever you want to call it um but maybe you upgrade the parise position yeah. See kind of how how the 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 and you know trades can happen before the trade deadline as well. Um so that's that's also possible. So you can all of a sudden you're in it for a rental or something when you, you really think you can you could be a really good team and still upgrade. Like I mean, you don't have to be a bubble team to upgrade. Right. Think think about it this way, right? A a lineup that consists of JT Miller and, and Nazim Kadri, you're looking at Anders Lee who can score 30 goals. And and before I go on with this, everything has to fall into place perfectly and go exactly the way you want it to for this to happen in a perfect world. I'm not saying that this is a, a bring it to the bank thing, but Anders Lee can score you 30 goals. Brock Nelson has, can score you 30 goals. JT Miller can score you 30 goals. Nazim Kadri can score you 30 goals. Now all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, look at all the 30 goal scorers on, on the New York Islanders. Let's and that say- was, Sean, Sean mentioned that last night. I, the um, Sean Cuthbert, right? That's Cuthbert, yeah. Name. Yeah. That he said that last night. You have a bunch of guys, and you can. It's so easy. He didn't say this part, so a little bit of a preface. You have a bunch of guys with the capability to score, right? That yes, they're veterans, and you can sit there and complain that they're twenty nine and thirty and thirty two and this and whatever, right? They're not re- far removed from being thirty goal scorers, and they nope. proved near the end of the season that they have it. So if you have, God, if if and this, what Sean said, if Bavillier can turn it on and. Lee can turn it on and Wallstrom can really get, you know, sophomore slump kind of come in and, and do his thing and be consistent. Palmieri, Palmieri can do it uh, all of a sudden, yep. you know, and maybe that, maybe that spark for Palmieri is playing next to a guy like Kadri. Ryan Pollock scores 10 goals again. Holy shit. Right. So I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity to have really good depth, Right. I'm not saying it wouldn't be great to have a 100-point score for the first time in 30 years on your team. 
I'm not saying, and I think it would be literally 30 years because that, that it was Turgeon, if I'm not mistaken, was the last one. Um, stealing a little trivia from later on if we have time. Um, so like you can, you can really think about there's depth. It's just, are they able to do it? And this is the year. If it doesn't work this year, outside of maybe Lamorello kind of um, getting the rug pulled out, I think a lot of these players are going to be in trouble. A new GM is going to come in, kind of like Garen, and be like, "I don't have an, I don't have an allegiance to any of you. No attachments. You're not, you're no attachments. I do not care how long you've been. It does not matter. Look how fast Garen bought out Blazing Suter. I can see a fire sale in in the sense that if your name is not Barzell, Sorokin, or uh, Dobson, see you later. Yeah, it's it's or you know uh, Ratu, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. prospects or whatever. Like yeah, right. I, I understand I roster players, but like yeah, I think that's a problem, right? Maybe even Nelson to a certain degree, right? Because he's been consistent scoring not even, goals and not even because you, you, let's just say for you know worst comes to worst, the season goes to shit. Brock Nelson still gets 30 goals. He's probably fetching you a a, a, a return that you want. A first in help. prospect. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's fetching you something that you want to help jumpstart your rebuild. It's, it's oh, a you're scary definitely thought. talking like act it's and I don't know if it's a rebuild on the fly. Like it depends on yeah. what's left over. Um and I, I, we're, we're talking like doomsday scenario here. But um and we don't even know who's signed. Yeah, we we just went from having team. six 30 goal scorers to doomsday. <laughs> well, I think, but that's the difference here. And like, yeah. and what's going to spark that Bart, you know, look, Bart is some of it, the coaching and, and rebalancing the strategy Probably. and going a little bit more towards the offense. A hundred percent. I think some of that, there are a lot of different aspects this season that the same way they were like, okay, here's all the things that went wrong last year. Right. He, but now we, we can talk about all the things that need to go right and kind of like err towards a little bit of that positive yeah. or things that need to change and like not necessarily having a negative connotation with that. I think Barlamov having a bounce back year is really important. That is vital for this team's success. Yeah. You've been on it's, that drum and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It, instead of going 7, 10, and 2, for him to go 17, 10, and 2 and yep. play 30 games, 29, 30, 31 games. And Sorokin have the same exact record. This team is in a different spot. Yeah, I said that even before the season ended. They needed like they need him to play better. Eight wins, eight wins was a difference. Less if it was against the Capitals. Yep. Less if two of them not weren't in April. You know, the last week of the season. Um, and I was there for one of them, which was pretty cool. It was a really good game. They won five to one. <laughs> um, my first game at UBS. Um. And my last game at the Coliseum. That's weird. I didn't think about that. But oh, wow. um, yeah, that's super weird. Uh, then you're, you're talking about a different thing. And that's Varlamov's record. It wasn't Sorokin. He doesn't know we need to win eight more games. He stole yeah. enough games. Right. Simply seven, eight wins, maybe even six wins from Varlamov different. That was the difference. We're not talking about a huge upheaval here. And I think that's that's something we need to consider when we're talking about this roster and no. even the, our doomsday scenario. Is it even that bad? It really has to do with production this season and the value of these, the perceived value from around the league, all these players, and what kind of return. Right? Can you, and, do, it, can you do a Rangers rebuild where you have one uh, one more bad year and then you're really kind of getting back into it pretty quickly? It's possible. They have the assets if they can play well. 
But if they're playing well, hopefully that means they're in it. Right. So and, I think – go ahead. It's, well, to, to your point, if, if you know, Verlamov can flip that script, right, and, and the Islanders are playing well and they have all of those guys who can score you, you know, like I, like I said before, 30-plus goals, right? How many games did the Islanders lose by a goal? Now suddenly with all these goal scorers, they're not losing by a goal. They're winning by, by a couple. The, 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 yes, I think there's a huge – you're playing better in front of Verlamov. Yeah. Right? So if, if Varley can turn it around and have a bounce-back season – Lambert can rebalance the strategy a little bit. It's going to be him from behind the bench is going to be important, right? There might be some growing pains. We might, even with JT Miller and Kadri in the lineup, it, we may not like what we see at first. It may be clunky. I think give it some time, right? Um, so Lambert kind of rebalancing things. I think Barzell, as a result of the, the you know, kind of re-strategizing how, how they kind of, um, go about their business in the offensive zone and, and the lineup. I think Barzell kind of leading by example there, regardless of who's in the lineup. Miller, who's had better seasons in his um, whatever, and Kadri winning a Stanley Cup and 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 having a ton of points last season. Um, Barzell has to lead by example here. I think he needs to be one of the players that that really kind of steps up. You and want a bold like, prediction here? Go for it. Barzell is a more than a point per game player this season. I I like it. He is, but it's gonna. But the thing is, it's not. It's less about Nelson recreating another good season. It's gonna be really great to, for him to hit 25, 30 goals again. But it's more about Bavillier consistently getting to that eighteen to twenty-two goal mark. It's yeah. Palmieri doing the same thing. It's Nelson doing twenty-five to thirty. But it's like Bar. To, they need to take a step. They need to take a step. Barzell. Brazil needs to be that guy. He needs to make everyone around. He truly needs to become that superstar. Some of that is adding a JT Miller and Bavillier stepping up and kind of things happening. Yeah, he needs to really be the the straw that stirs the drink here. It's if it, it, you know the team goes, he's still the best player on this team. The team goes as Barzell goes. Now it's not going to hurt if Kadri is also on the team and Miller, who really know what they're doing. And can assure you every single line is banging all, all cylinders. You know, the thing Parise, about... Parise, Wallstrom, and Bavillier are your weak links. Think about that. Those would be the weak links on the on the team as your wingers. In theory. Those are the players that need the most work. Everybody else has a little bit more established. Parise, notwithstanding, you know, he's established, but he's just an older player. The expectations are lower for him. Everybody else is 25 goal score. And can like really put the puck in the net. Like that's really good. That's that's most of your lineup is in good shape. Yeah. Um, it, just, that's a lot of trades. That's a lot of kind of maneuvering to make it happen. That's there's the a lot of moving part. parts here, and that's that's what's scary. Like you yeah, like you said, that, that's the scary part. The, the thing I wanna I just want to circle back to what you were saying about Bavillier just now. He needs to not only step up, he hasn't broken 40 points yet and that's that sounds Holy crazy shit. to say right, he's not I, he hasn't even broken 40 points in a season he needs to not only do that he needs to be like in the mid 50 point range in order to justify um you know the uh the con i, I guess his contract just because they put the faith in him that he, he was going to take that step what, forward what number did you say he hasn't broken 40 points his highest point total in a season was 39 
in 2019-20. He had 18 goals and 21 assists. Now, that's in 68 games. The world shut down after that. So was he going to break that? Probably. But he still has not yet to do that. I mean, he'd yet to be a point per game the rest of the way. But he could have got into the 40s for sure. Yeah. That's that's upsetting. That really sucks. Yeah. And he had 34 and 75. That, That puts him like on pace for his best season in seven more games. Yeah. Like that sucks. He's right. getting to the he's and he's getting to the to the age and he cuz he came in young. Right? He's he started I he started as a rookie. He's he's 25. He just turned 25. Like he's getting to the point where he's a third liner eventually. Yeah. Like he's the type of player you're looking for to upgrade Parise, but at this point, Parise is outplaying him. Parise outscored yeah. him. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's terrible. Yeah, I, I think that when, when in, in order, like Shayna said when she came on two weeks ago, in order to maximize his potential, um, you know, sticking with Barzell, you know, that's that's what's going to work. Because if he can't do it there, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Parise outscored him by one point, and had more and three more goals. Crazy. And I'll take, you know what? I'll take Parise over Bavillier at this point. Because he can at least he can kill penalties. Let's just based let's on see. pass per you know. Yeah, yeah. Based on pass, pass output, I, I do understand that. A lot of crazy things happened in the last two seasons. I I don't want to make excuses for any players, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he Everybody went through hardships, but I, I want to say that it affected some players more than it did others. Let's see what this season brings for Bavillier. I do believe he's going to start the year with the Islanders. I do believe that this could finally, and I know we always have this headline, but this could finally be the year he figures it out, but that's probably because um, his deployment might look a little bit different. That's And I that's think true. he'll have a better supporting cast around him. Yeah, it's it's definitely we've joked about it like every year. Yeah, like the last three, four, maybe even like five years. I we've all written is this Villiers' breakout season? And yeah, um, he's capable of it. Like he had capable of it. He had um, really good playoffs. Like he was, you know. Every, well, that's I what I'm saying. Islanders had a bunch of. Um, heroes during those runs and in, in different series and he was he was definitely one of them um let's 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 pause a second right because i now i said bavillier's best season was a 39 point season over you know x amount of games but now looking at his playoff performances 14 points in 22 games in 1920 and 13 points in 19 games in 2021 so you he rises to the occasion Right, he has in the big moments. He has the potential. You see it. He can do it. He just needs to figure out a way how to do it in a in a long winded season, rather than in just these short spurts that he normally does them in in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's to put the Islanders in a good position in going into the playoffs. And it, but at this point, you're just talking about them making it. And you and you saw again the, the margin for error last season was November. In the beginning of and in December, you know what I mean. Like it wasn't like it was. They played like okay the rest of the way, yeah. But 
as you said before, and as you know, countless people have said before, you can be out of it by thanks American Thanksgiving, and exactly, you you just need to have players be a little more consistent. Again, you're not asking. I don't think you're asking people to do things ridiculous. Even of Wallstrom, right in his third season, like he's a sniper in his own right. No one's asking him to score 25 goals. Late teens, 20 goals, right? Palmieri, same thing. I think a, there are a bunch of players that can just score 20 goals. And you can kind of 20-goal your way if the if your stars are doing what they're supposed to do. The Barzells, the Nelsons, uh, Asterix Kadri, the multiple Asterix at JT Miller. If if And your defense is chipping in. Um, you don't need more than that from those players. You really don't. If if a Nelson's in the thirties and Barzell can really elevate who's ever on his on that first line and 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 Lee steps up, like you can do it. You you can really do it. I think there's, I you know I was it was I was looking at um. This is you know this isn't a different era and this 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 steals, um a little bit of the 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 potential trivia that we were gonna do, but I was, I've been like obsessed with like early two thousands Islanders lately. And like Islanders Pride, I'll give like a ton of credit. There's all these videos and like from all these months. So I'm going through and you know I, I like rewatching the the Toronto uh, Islanders series um, from 2002, which is 20 years ago, and that makes me sad. <laughs> um, and that definitely hurts my feelings. But then I was looking at the the 0304 Islanders, who I, I said this, I did this a little bit of trivia piece. Uh, on our on our Twitter, they went into the playoffs fifth in goals. They were shut out in five games against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the eventual Stanley Cup champions. They were shut out in three of five games and scored five total goals in that series. Oh God. The leading goal scorer on the team that year. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is um, just some some trivia here. Who was the leading point scorer in the 0304 season for the points. New York Islanders? Points. I don't. I used He's to tied for the team. He's I used tied to love team Jason Blake, but I don't know if it was him. Was it? Was it the best year that Trent Hunter ever had? Wow, wow. That's a. That's it. Is it? It's Trent Hunter, 25 goals, 26 assists. They were fifth in the league. Now, this is like pre, obviously pre-lockout, so things were changing. And I don't know who had like the top in the league at that point for, for goals for um, and what that looked like and how it compares to now. I don't have all those analytics. But like, yeah, it was Trent Hunter. Who was number two? We're going to get, I, we're just going to get into this. This, uh, this transitioned. Number two. Was it, did they have, I'm trying to remember, was it, I know you want to say it, and I in your do uh, I really do? Is it you Oleg, have it? Oleg Kavasha? He was number two. Oh my god! Go me. All right, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> number th- who's number three? This is a real like. Yeah, is that Jason Blake? No. Oh, all right. Who was it? You, you one more guess. I'm trying to remember who was on the team. Yasha? This is like 
this is like long-term Islander at this point. I'm going to ignore that guess. The This is a long-term Islander at this point from... Parish Pekka. Just after, just after, no, long-term Islander. He was a long, he's been on the Islanders for a long time at this point. Oh, Zukowski. Yeah. Drakowski. Yeah, whatever. Then Blake. And then Adrian O'Coin. Yashin was number eight. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, just like going through that, I was like, I was just like having moments. Jason Blake's 40 goal season was in 06 07. Another one of those uh, eye on the teams that made a playoff run. I think that was when they got beat up pretty good by Buffalo. Yeah. They're really good Buffalo teams. Um, yeah, I was going through some of these and it just, but it, like having that comparison, like thinking about the Islanders roster now, right? And having a bunch of the, like you can, now they didn't win any rounds and, you know, whatever. Maybe that 0102 team that, you know, Yashin Paris, Pekka, Bates, Drakowski, uh, you know, two thirty goal scorers and a twenty five goal scorer. Again, you're they were fifth in the they were sixth in the league at that point out of thirty. Um, really terrible defense, but you know, two hundred thirty nine goals scored in the season. You can really do it, and I think that was a really good team when they like playing that Toronto team. I don't think they were winning the cup that year by any stretch, but you can see what a little bit more balanced scoring could do, and and kind of like really tough D. Um, and I'm not trying to compare. I'm, I don't really know any of the stats. Like it's not worth it, but it's interesting seeing that balanced scoring the way that they had it. They had these this Kavasha that could score and was like dynamic in the playoffs and yeah, um, at at times not not necessarily in that year, but you know their top players were stepping up. And then you had like Kit Miller, oh that, like you know what I mean. So like who kind of like came in, uh, I believe he was, he was traded for like, yeah. um, it's really weird seeing the numbers. Like you just see number 11 and you're just like going through the Rolodex. Like who the hell was on number 11? Yeah. Like in that thing. Um, but yeah, Kit Miller had like a short season with them. 25, 24 points in 37 games. Like that's the kind of stuff where you had a lot of players, like point per game players. You had four, uh, you had three point per game players and a bunch of players that were pretty close. Like it was a that was like one of the teams. It's not like the '93 team where it was like the best team that didn't go anywhere kind of thing. Um, but they were good. They're really good. Um, you just don't want this team to be that. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. I you brought me down a, a trip on on memory lane there just now. That was yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that my. I'm surprised at my uh, at running on no hours of sleep over here and your dad. Uh, my 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 memory. I'm surprised. Oh my god, that no, it was pretty uh <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna lie. It's going through like that's especially it was like because it's been 20 years and I have like the pucks. That was like when I first really became a fan and I like, started collecting a yeah. bunch of stuff. So like all my stuff is from that season. I have all like the team photo sign and cards and there's all these Claude Lapointe and all this stuff from like that early 2000s era. Um, but yeah, going, going through that was, is, uh, is definitely a trip. Yeah. So I, I think that the last thing I, I want to say on like, uh, you know, the situation is that it's possible we find out before September. I know the joke is like, Oh, that's when Lamorello will um, let us know when the other shoe has dropped. But 
you know, he's not in the same situation he was when Everly got plucked from Seattle and he just gained cap space. He's yeah. Did you moves. mention that? Yes. That at during the Twitter space, yeah. somebody did. Okay. Right. So he's not in that situation. He's got to make moves. So, and, and the other teams aren't going to hide it from, you know, the, the general public. So we might know sooner rather than later. I, I wonder, I think it's, it's tough because there are trades that need to happen. And well, that's there's, what I'm saying. there's another, yeah, there's another team that's involved. So like, yeah, there's only so much you can keep under, under wraps, under wraps. Um, and again, a lot of things precipitate other things. So like one, when one thing happens, another thing can happen. Right. Um, yeah. It's also, it's interesting. It's cause you don't really know, like, so you all you see is that the Islanders have eleven and change in cap space, and some of that's for Dobson, and we don't know that deal, and some of that's for Romanov, and we don't know that deal, and some of that's likely for Bellows, and we don't know that deal. And you're kind of like going through all this stuff, and then you're like, okay, there's still two roster players that are going to get moved, like two forward roster players that could get moved. It's quite possible. Um, that's significant. Like all of a sudden, yeah. you're talking about a ten. Uh, Maybe a $10 million swap, but one way or another, right? Between nine and $11 million in and out, depending on who, depending on who's moving. It's crazy. Yeah. There's only so long. You can, I think you can keep it under wraps. Exactly. Right. Um, surprise. You know, this is like, we're in the, the, the dog days of, of, uh, of the off season here. I'm surprised we got this long out of it, but that prep last night (laughs) probably helped. Um, yeah. And judging by my lighting and how that's changed, and now I look like I'm some artsy YouTube video. I'm about to tell you about uh, some technology or something like that. Like my re- <laughs> my review of something um, might be time to to wrap it up. I know you need to empty your trash bin <laughs> or something. You know, I've I'm a big like I research a lot of stuff when I'm going to buy it for like way too long. Um, <laughs> like I need I I need this I need this like pull pull the trigger on stuff i just i research everything within an inch of its life it's disgusting um so like i now my whole youtube like explore page is monitors and like all this weird tech because i was like i didn't want to upgrade stuff and i finally did it so now i need to like find the new muse um but yeah all this like this tone of like whatever this lighting is is how all these videos look <laughs> I, I think just, on like, that we can end the show. We can end the show. We, we just, we're, we're being, uh, this is very meta. Anyway, um, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassman Hockey. Uh, you can find James' work at The Fourth Period. You can find my work at The Hockey Writers. Make sure to subscribe to IELTS Fix so that when the, this move inevitably happens in the middle of the night, Joe Buono somehow is going to wake up um, Blast your inbox. And, and, you know, geez, that's very aggressive. That's personal. <laughs> um, yikes. I, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm going to HR. I don't know who that is, but I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with that. Um, send you a very important email. Hockey's not that important. There's no blasting. Emails are weird. Go to bed. Um, so that IELTS Fix can kind of uh, catch you up with all, all the latest news as it happens. Um, it's a great curated Islanders newsletter during the season so uh, get on board early Uh, James Nichols bring us home buddy until next time everybody let's go Islanders